0: He or Barry turned on the lights in honor of Hanukkah. Today, Bez Rachashem will be learning Daf test in Masachet Sachim, but we start eight lines up from the bottom. I um, heard from Bernbaum in the name of Rabbi Katz that uh, you remember the exchange in Chagai with regards to the test that Chagai gave the Kohanim as they were entering or about to re enter the base of HaMikdash, the second base of HaMikdash. So Rabbi Katz said that entire episode took place on Chav Dalid Kislev. Well, how does he know that? The Pusuk says it in Chagai. It says that it's the 24th day of the ninth month. And in fact, that it was the preparation, it was years before, but it was the preparation for the first Hanukkah. That in preparation for Hanukkah, they were learning the hilchos of tuma and Tara. As they were about to enter the Beis of which is perhaps why they were so excited to find the Shem and Tahar, Right, the Pach Shaman upon entrance into the base of Mikdash. So, talk about calendrical coincidence. And the, uh, it's been going on all year long, all through the cycle since Brachas, and perhaps no no more, uh, apropos than this time around. Unbelievable. So, really brings it, as much as Tummevatara is foreign to us, it also is bringing it home to us, as Chagai did with the Kohanim. And those Kohanim, they weren't really so from, right? This was not, uh, but, but they were coming back, and Bez Hashem will be Zohar come back as well. Okay. So now, Ravah's statement. Uh, that was yesterday. The Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Yossi don't agree with each other uh, about a specific thing. I'll say it a little bit outside first. There's a kavachomer. There's a kavachomer that we're going to learn. These kavachomer are very very uh, dubious, right? You're talking about. Yesterday we had kavachomer as well. If a mashke can't be Metame mashke um and but it also can't be vitamically so therefore uh, but but it can be and okhel so then maybe an okhel should be in and, and backwards and forwards but these some of these kavachomers the reason why mashka for example can't be matame mashka is, as we discussed because of the technicality that one item can't be mitame, another item of its own kind that liquids don't matame liquids and solids don't matame so- solids right um as as we say that a knows a tuma elkayotba right so it's it's not because of the potency of the tuma that the mashke isn't metameh mashkeh. So you can't really build a kavchomer on it. We'll see another uh, kavchomer like that as well over here, that uh, these kavchomers are dubious, but right they're, they're limudim. That's number one. Uh, we also saw an unbelievable idea, milsad right, da'ash v'kavchomer tarach of Lakra, where Bari Libuitz expounds on in great length the idea of when would the Torah take something that's seemingly superfluous that you could have done, learned misvara, right, and actually state it anyways. Right, this was something that we saw yesterday. So this is part of why, as we mentioned uh, to Terv Kalman uh, yesterday, this is probably why some of these esoteric ideas, because we're about to hit another very unusual Kavachomer. This is, uh, this might be why, um, the Rambam in his Perisha Mishnah, Snataris explained that it was so esoteric, that you can't really follow a, a thread of logic that's, uh, like, like you could perhaps with nizikin or something like that, where you can really categorize it. It has to, you have to go over it again and again and again in order to understand why these Kavachomers would work. We'll see. What we have here is Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Yossi disagree with each other. What I'm going to say outside is that Rabbi Yossi, uh, Rabbi Kiva doesn't agree with the Kalva Khomer that Rabbi Yossi is about to suggest. And Rabbi Kiva himself has a unique outlier, Shita, which is that Tumah can be susceptible, uh, that Chulin themselves can be susceptible to a third degree Tumah. We hold like Rabbi Yossi. The standard operating procedure, the Alacha that we are familiar with, is what we've said until now. That a Chulin can only contract a second degree Tumah, Truma, which is more holy, so to speak, than kulin, is more susceptible. And therefore, even if something is third degree removed from Tuma, it will contract it. But more than that, it will not. And Kachim, which are even more holy than Truma, they are more susceptible even than Truma. And they will be uh, susceptible to a fourth degree removed Truma uh, Tuma, right? And that is the of Vibyosi. But Rabbi Kiva rejects this, as we will now see in the Gemara. So here we go this was the conversation between Ravashi and Rav Kahana we learn in the Right. so we see already Ravashi is not going to agree with Kiva. because how does he know that or in the case of Kachim that it becomes Puzzle Puzzle means that it can contract Tumma but it can't impart Tumma but basically it's the end of the line but it can in fact be infected so to speak with a fourth degree Tumma we learn it from the following that's why I gave the introduction, because we're about to learn a interesting Kavachomer here. That's where we're going to, that's where we ended off yesterday, and that's where we're going to flesh out a little bit, and then we'll move on, uh, probably pretty quickly. So here we go. Just to review again, you can, um, there's certain types of tumas, what the Arsal calls bodily irregularities, okay, that require essentially three things. So those tumas could be azav, azava, right? a mitzora, a yoledes, right? You have something with your body. When you have these stomach, when you're finished, in order to purify yourself, you have to dunk in the mikvah. After you dunk in the mikvah, you're called, you're called a tvil yom, which means that you've already dunked. At that point, you can already, um, eat mice or sheni. Okay? At that stage. Then you wait for shkia, right? For hair of shemesh. Once shkia comes, you're no longer tvil yom, and now you can eat truma. But at that point, you're still called a chuser kipurin which is because the next day you have to then bring a korban. That's the third and final stage of your purification and you're missing that so you call it mechus At that stage of mechus you can, as we said, eat truma but then and once you bring the korban you can even eat kachim. That's how that purification goes. So that's how this makav works. That's what this means. Ma mechus v'kippurim Mutter b'chruma pasel Bakodesh, right? He's in that intermittent stage. He's already had the he'er of shemesh Right, he's not a Tvul Yom anymore. He's already had the of Shemesh, which means that the sun already set. Which means he can already eat Truma, mutter Bitruma, but possible b'kodesh, But he has not brought the Korban yet, so he can't eat Kachim. Okay, what are we comparing this to? A Shlishi, right? A Shlishi, something which is Tameh on the third degree of Tuma is Pasul be Bitruma, right? It can't eat when you're when you have uh, a soul of third degree Tuma. You're obviously possible bitruma, right? Because as we said, Truma is in the third degree. And kachrim is in the fourth degree, so So how do we know that truma is the third degree and 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 on the fourth degree? We learn it. Rabbi Yosi learns it from this uh, kavachomer. But again, what's the kavachomer? The kavachomer is that we see that emechusikipurim he could eat truma, but a shlishi right can't eat truma, and therefore if the emechusikipurim is puzzled on the fourth degree then certainly the Shlishi is going to be a puzzle on the fourth degree. Again, the reason why this, this Kolchomer is dubious, and we know, and, and and Akiva rejects it, could be, because this is what I meant, it's so esoteric about Tumah. It's true, it's true that the Mechus HaKippurim can eat Tumah. That is true. However, unlike the Shlishi Betumah, which is a third degree level of Tumah, the Mechus HaKippurim himself was an Av He was a higher degree, he was himself the source of Tumah. Right? This is an individual, you're talking about a human being, versus something else, like a, like a, like, a, like, a chulin, like a piece of bread or something that was a third degree, well, a chulin wouldn't be a third degree turn. you're talking about a piece of bread that was truma, that was a third degree tumma, right? So, so that is in fact what we're going to see, that's why you wouldn't necessarily hold to this kava So it's not uh, necessarily a thread of logic like A is greater than B, and therefore right, if, B is, if C is greater than B, then C is greater than A, because they don't all line up so neatly. Right? A Machusoki himself was an Tumah. You can tell me that a Mitzora is less Tame than, than, a, than a Truma that's a third degree. So it's true that a third degree uh, tr- uh, Tuma is possible with Truma, and that a can eat Truma. But that that may be for a different reason. There's just too many variables when it comes to Tumah to line it up. It's not as simple as it seems. But be that as it may, the Gemara presents this perspective of Rabiosi with regards to the Kavachamir. And therefore, that's how Rebiyosi holds that Raviv is Tame Bekodesh. As we'll see, Rabikia has a different source for it. Ultimately, he holds. Um, a lot more like Rabbi Yossi than you would think. halacha it just has a different way of arriving at it. Okay. So now. So now. So again, according to Rabbi Yossi, the Shlishi we learned from the Pesukim. And we extended it to the v' from the Which pasuk did we learn that Shlishi bekodesh is, right, that Shlishi is, in fact, in the case of Kodesh, uh, as follows. Asher Yigah, as we arrive at testament Aleph at still the manageable time of 5.48 a.m. It says, and we see it's not such a big-looking uh, piece of Gemara, so hopefully we're okay time-wise, although that Rashi is gargantuan. Uh, we're not going to read it inside. We're going to try to say it outside. So it goes like this. The Pasuk says, right? This is obviously the that meat that touches anything, right, shouldn't be eaten, right? So says the Gemara, it would imply that this, this meat touched asheni b'tumah. As Rashi says over here, the very first line the Testament the asheni right? It says, yachel. So, Tameh, in the Passock Rashi explains, is referring to a Shani Batuma So, that's good. Okay? And therefore, Revi Mikal Vachomer, Kedam So, again, Basar Asher, Iga, Vachot Tameh. So, the Basar that touches Tameh, Tameh says Rashi is a Shani Batumah, the Basar which touches it is a Shlishi and that Passock is therefore teaching you that Shlishi uh, Batuma cannot be, uh, eaten, and that's how you know that Shlishi is, is Usar in that, in that context. Now, and that's how you learn it, the Truma. And then, as the Gemara says, and the Revi is then expanded to Kodesh from the Kalvachomer, as we explained, uh, just now. That that's the Kalvachomer of Rabbiosi. So that is, that is Rabbiosi's Limud. Now, the Isaka Da'itach Savarka Now, if you would have thought that he held that like Reb Akiva, Nisni Nami Revi B'trumah Bechamishi Now, again, that Kalvachomer is like the hallmark of Rebiosi's Shita. Um, right. So, but Rabbi Akiva, however, we already said holds, amazingly, that a shlishi not a chulen can be told by shlishi uh, so if you take Rabbi Akiva's concept that chulin is Tameh B'Shlishi, and apply rabbiosi's kavachomer to it, what you would end up with is, nisni nami ravi but b'chamishi B'Kodesh. Then you would go not only that a Shlishi is metamem B'Trumah and a ravi is metamem B'Kodesh, but you would go one step further, right? Because we hold, like, what does rabbiosi hold? That sheni b'chulin, Shlishi B'Trumah, ravi B'Kodesh. Well, if you hold up like, rabbi kiva, that, uh, that, that is also metamem b'chulin, and you hold a rabbiosi as kavachomer, then you'd end up with a chlisi b'chulin, ravi b'chumah, and hamishi b'chodesh. And we know that that's not the case. Nobody holds like that. We don't hold of chamishi bekodesh and right? We don't hold that a fifth degree is matame anything. So therefore, it must be that Rabbi Akiva rejects Rabbi Yossi's kal because we know that Rabbi Akiva starts off from the point of a shlishi being matame, and if he followed Rabbi Yossi, he'd end up at the fifth degree being matame kachim, and we know that he does not end up that way, and that's why the Gemara concludes here: El Rabbi Akiva lo So, so we know that that's why, right? That Rabbi Yosi doesn't hold like Rabbi Akiva. So again, how, when we say Rabbi Yossi doesn't hold like Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Yossi doesn't hold like Rabbi Yossi, what do we mean? So again, just to say it outside, Rabbi Yossi doesn't hold like Rabbi Akiva because he rejects his assertion that a chulin is metame bishlishi, and Rabbi Yossi doesn't hold like Rabbi Yossi because he rejects the concept of Rabbi Yossi's kav that we just noted. Okay, and that's how they reject each other. So we just proved, right, why Rabbi Yossi doesn't hold like Rabbi Akiva because if Rabbi Yossi held as again, if Rabbi, that like Rabbi Akiva, the chulin is metame bishlishi, he would have ended up b- b- with a fifth degree tuma being metame b'karchin, and that's not a thing. How do we know that Rabbikiva rejects Rabbi Rabbiosis uh Kavachomer as follows? So Amalei of Kahana again this was a con- uh, conversation to Ravashim and Kahana. Kahana answered Amaleh the lish ton of listening review but truma bachamish Because we know, right, that if Rabbikiva held like Rabbiosis and held this Kavachomer, right, he would end up holding that review truma bachamish bekadash and nobody would ever learn that. Okay. Um so we say the name of Rabbikiva he. So then wait a minute. Maybe we would say that that is the opinion um uh, like Rabbi Akiva. So he said, no, we don't find any, any, any kind of holds that are V, but is, is Tomei, but Truman, Chamishi, Tomei, but Kodesh. And therefore, since we know that there's no Tanakh source at all for that Shitta, it must be, therefore, that Rabbi Akiva rejects Rabbi Yossi's Kavachomer. So Rabbi Akiva rejects Rabbi Yossi's Kavachomer, and Rabbi Yossi rejects Rabbi Akiva's concept that Ishlishi is Tomei, but And that's why they both actually essentially arrive at the same halacha. The only difference, halacha maisa, between Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Yossi is that Rabbi Akiva's gonna hold that is nitme b'shlishi that chulin can, in fact, be contaminated by a third-degree tumah. But beyond that, Rabbi Kiva will agree that truma um, is, is by a shlish, can also be contracted by a third-degree tumah, and that Koshim is contracted by a fourth-degree tumah. And, and so he has to learn that from a different source. Rabbi Yossi, on the other hand, rejects Rabbi Kiva's shlishi b, and therefore he, his source, is simply the Kalvachomer and the Pusik as we have explained. Okay, so now Ravashi says, Okay, so and ismach." So is that, is that a good enough evidence that Rehkiva doesn't uh, hold of the Kabuch Are you telling me that, like, for example, maybe at Khulin, Truman and Kachim, they're all, they're all uh, contaminated from third-degree tuma? So the Gemara relates, this is what happens at the end. As a matter of fact, right, the, the question here was, is is this really reliable? Didn't I hear somewhere that there could be a fifth-degree tuma? Like Birnbaum was saying, he seems to remember from elementary school that maybe there's a fifth and a sixth-degree tuma, and so maybe you remember that also in this band, but I'll tell you this for Barry. And it could be that you heard it because that could be maybe there are maybe. But we're talking here Midor Raisa, right? We're talking Midor Raisas. But sure enough, Ravashi, Tamer of Kahana, Dakva Eshkach, an amazing Lashon, they investigated very, very thoroughly. To find out, is there such a thing as a Revi, Betruma, and a Chamishi, B'kuchim? Just to make sure that maybe Rabbi Kiva does hold to the Kavachomer. Because if there would be any source that there's a Revi, B'trumah, B'chamishi, then that would mean, hey, that's does Rabbi Kiva, and he also holds on to the concept of the Kavachomer of Yossi. But sure enough, they found no such evidence, and they are confident that Midah Raisa there's no such thing as a Revi, Betruma, and a Bekotchim, It's only a Shlishi, Betruma, and a Revi, How so? Had it because they found it in a Mishnah. This Mishnah is in Chagiga, and the Mishnah says like this. Metzarif, it's now, it's an interesting idea. What's this idea of Tziruf? So, let's say you have, I don't know, meatballs, right? So, if you have meatballs, and one is a Shlishi la Tumma, and then it touches another meatball, it's a fourth degree, and another meatball is a fifth degree, and another is a sixth degree, ain't la Dava ourselves, right? It could go on forever if you, if you consider, again, how is this Tumma being transferred? You have saucy meatballs touching each other, right? That's how you're transferring the Tumma. Okay. So, what are you going to say? Meatballs in a pot. Are all just going like in a fire line, just touching each other in consecutive like dominoes, and 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 the last meatball in the pot is like a whatever, a twenty-third degree tumma? No. Rather, all the meatballs in the pot are considered the same degree of tumma. Well, that wouldn't be true if the meatballs were like laying down on the table. They would in fact be transferring tumma one to the other sequentially. However, the fact that they're in a pot, the pot itself makes it one container and one level of tumma. That's the concept of tsiruf. Right? That means that the pot makes it one Sort of area where they're all considered one degree of tumah. So that is a lesson that we learn in Chagiga. So that's what it means. Hakli The kli makes it now. It's a, now it's not just individual meatballs. Now it's a pot of meatballs that in, entirely in, it has unifying effect. Right It's zera a unifying effect that they all have considered the same degree of tumah. So hakli truma. So that pertains to kachim but not to truma. In other words, with regards to truma, right? That which is the the uh, anything that's touched be, will in fact have this sequential. Um, thing to it, and therefore, the actual fact that it's present in a pot will be of no consequence. So the truma actually, actually, um, diminishes much more quickly, even in a pot, according to this Mishnah in Chagiga. Okay. So, again, so, that really is not so much where their source is. It's from this other part. And their V, in the case of Kodesh, is Pasol, and Shlishi, Truma. So there we have a source in the Mishnah itself that we have a Shlishi their V. as we said, was the Sheet of Rabbi Yossi. And it seems like Rabbi Kiva would have to agree with this, and we'll see. The bar Amar may This mission in Chagiga was in fact recorded from the ADAS. Remember, we had Adios uh, when they opened up the basement. From the bin Ben uh, became the Rosh Yeshiva. They all gave testimony. Rabbi Kiva was in the house. And he gave this testimony, and it was in fact Rabbi Kiva himself that said that Shlishi is Betruma and ravi is Bakodesh. So we see that he himself holds that it stops there, and that's how we know he rejects Rabyoski's Kalvachomer, the Tanan. How do we know that this was in fact the testimony of Rabbi Kiva, the Tanan, um, when he was talking about the the concept of Tziruf, okay, this concept is already recorded in, in Mishnayas and Adios. It was said, so again, the concept of Tziruf itself is quoted in Chagiga, and then, just like we saw yesterday, we had, we had certain Mishnahists were collected all in Adios. Some, some of those testimonies were collected in the Masechis Adios, but some of them also appeared in other Masechis uh, from that day. So we had yesterday from Sota. today we have from Chagiga. Okay. But in any event, the Mishnah Adios says that Rabbi Kiva, with respect to this concept of Tziruf, added what? Solus, Tarus, Levon, and gicholin, which is solus is the fine flower of Hekdesh, right? Tarus, we know it was the incense, and the levona was what we call the frankincense, and the Gechalin which are coals. Now, interesting, interestingly enough, so flour is edible, but but coals and, and incense are not edible. So we'll see that that becomes a little bit relevant here. So Rabbi Kiva added that all of those items are subject to this rule of Tziruf in the sense that yom pasal es kulan. if it's Tzvul Yom, as we mentioned before, what Tzvul Yom is, if he touched any part of them, he made all of them Tame. Okay, so we see that he holds the, that the vessel that had all of these solis, qtaris, vonen, kichalim, mixed in it, does combine it, and he and it was Rabbi Kiva himself that in fact was talking about this concept of Tziruf and it was in fact within that very mishnah in Chagiga where they discussed the concept of Tziruf They held that what well, says the Gemara in Hamishi lo Shlishi in lo. That in a very mishnah he held that with respect to kachim the most uh, right the, it, that is the most susceptible. Um, it is susceptible only to a fourth degree tumah, but Hamishi lo, not to a fifth. And with respect to truma, it is susceptible to a third degree tumah Shlishi in, but not a fourth. But Ravi lo. Okay, so. That is the source. So now the Gemara is going to conclude, right? We simply conclude uh, this idea of the difference between Rabbi Yochanan, uh, between Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Yossi. It ends up being that he learns, as we said, that Rabbi Kiva himself is going to hold the same halacha as Rabbi Yossi, the only difference, right, that's based from this Mishnayas, that we know, we compare Adidas to Chagiga, but we know that Rabbi Kiva does hold that a chulan can be metamim, but aside from that, in fact, we see that Rabbi Kiva is in fact in line with Rabbi Yossi and everyone else. And so the normative halacha is shlishi betruma, review Kodash. Beautiful. The art scroll on nineteen a two has a all the sheetahs, right, seven different shitas as to tuma of ochlin and mashkim. You can eye in sham to review who holds what, and hopefully that will be halacha lemaisa soon. Okay. Now, now that we finished this idea, Mazatov by the way, it's like hadron halach this idea of foods and beverages and all of these tuma. We're just going to talk a little bit a little bit more about this this cle. Right, so we've just mentioned within the kli that the last mission that we mentioned, Rabbi Kiva in Adias, mentions that in the kli we're also inedibles. So eight lines up from the bottom, Yitessam um Aleph, we say Amakasabar, Tzirif That from that statement that Rabbi Yochanan brought up, we see that he holds that the Tzirif idea, okay, is actually a Derabanan idea. It's not a Deraysha idea. Why? Well, because Mida what what it becomes Tami Midarisa? Adam, Ochlim, Kalim, right? Mashkin. Well. Frankincense and coals are none of those things. They're, in fact, inedible elements. And therefore, those can only be tamimidir abanam. And so the fact that they're included in the Mishnah, of eight in Atheist, with regards to tzirif, shows that the tzirif itself, in that case, has to be d'arabanam. However, says the Gemara, This is actually in contrast with what Rabbi Hanin held, the Amar tzirif d'araisa. Rabbi Hanin held the tzirif was d'araisa. How so? He had a Pesach for it. This might sound familiar, right? It seems like we say that a lot. Okay, very funny. You like, I am like that one. So kaf we are hearing this a lot. So kaf achas, which, now that, now that we're reading it, let's just translate it, you have your golden ladle, right? It's a golden ladle, and it's filled with what? With katoris. So akasav, what do you learn from this? akasav, akasav, kaf achas, like a homiletic, right? Alimud, kaf achas means everything, as long as it's in the ladle, is gonna be considered like one, which means the concept of tziruf can apply not only midar but we have an allusion to the concept of tziruf midar raisa, that anything is in the ladle, is, is mixed together. Okay. So, we, we finished tuma of uh, foods and beverages. By the way, tomorrow we'll finish the, the, the whole, on dafchaf. We'll finish the whole, uh, the whole, and by the time we reconvene next week, we'll be back, Bezat Hashem into Psachim. So, I hope we'll still see you, Kalman. I know, I know this was like your favorite part, but, uh, just see if you can h- learn, don't worry, there's lot, plenty of coaching to learn the Okay. So, here we go. Let's go back to, let's turn our attention to a related mission over here. Again from Adius. The a following halakha, a little bit related, but the, the main relation to it is it also was learned by Rukhim Kohanim as follows. It's not Hasim. We learned in Adius. Al Machatchinim says Babasa. Rukhina Kohanim gave an Ades another Ades in Musah's Adius on that fateful day. This one was a totally different idea. You found the needle in the flesh of a slaughtered animal. Well, you're cutting the animal, you're doing the shita, and you see a metal needle sticking out. Now, why would you assume that this has anything to do with Tumah We're gonna see. We're going to see. Why would you think that this needle is Tameh? But the first thing that you learn in Adios is what? That the knife that you use to do the shchita and the hands that you use to handle this activity, they are in fact tahar. The habas are Tameh, but the flesh where you saw the needle sticking out is in fact going to be treated as tamay, Okay, which is important because it touched the needle. And so we'll see why this is all true. Nibs is but if you find the needle in the animal's excrement, then Hakol tahar then you're going to say that not only are your hands and the knife tahar, but even the flesh of the basar is tahar, because after all, the animal, it didn't apparently lodge itself in the said flesh, and the animal managed to swallow the, right, the tummy needle and pass it without it touching its own flesh. This is like, Kalman was asking me yesterday about tumah balua, right? Um, right so maybe, maybe this is all related, right? I'm I, I still am not 100% sure what the question might be still better than the answer, because we're talking about different kinds of tumahs, and yesterday we talked about mi vatabim that how you could drink the mechatas and still it's being metamiyu. Here you can actually uh, you can swallow a needle, and if it sticks in your if it sticks into your flesh, then it's matamayu. But if you pass it, then it's not. So um, you know when we get to it, then I will I'll understand it better. So hopefully I'll give myself a bracha of that we'll understand that I'll understand this better as we learn more and more and all of these enyonim, and then uh, and, and then we'll be able to answer your question. Yes. I, I looked up the tradition in Hulu, uh, Yeah. And it said like you suggested, once the once it's no longer the uh, tumor will take effect. So, in our case of uh, the right? so we cut them up and we laid out the pieces of the animal. Once it's in the open, the concept doesn't apply Oh, there you go. So, yeah. And in this case, we're talking about it still intact inside the Right. So, right. So, a so, so comment is saying what well, we said yesterday. Both in the case of yesterday, where you opened it, and both in the case that we're learning now, you opened up the animal. So once you open up the animal, it's not quite so blue is it? It's it's uh, but the chiddush is you're saying that even though it had been swallowed by the animal, um, once we open it, it almost has like a renaissance, right? And and the tumma uh, re-arrives unless, like we're saying here, the animal actually passed it and they managed to get through the entire animal before I guess you opened it, and, and at that point it doesn't contract that tumma. <laughs> I'm glad I brought it up. What? <laughs> Thank you. And that's <laughs> the maseches what does this have to do with anything? With Remember, it came from the idea of can you burn? We're going to get soon to back to Pesach. Don't worry, go but we can, The question was, can you burn do, two different levels of tumah uh, chametz in the same in the same pile on Er Pesach? So that's how we got to Kohanim and we're still with him. Uh, we're going to leave him soon, so savor the moments. Goranwitz. Okay, a related comments. So with regards to this, Rebbe Kiva says we're so lucky that we don't have be Mikdash. You have to turn the page to the Testament Bays and to see the first Rashi, uh, uh fascinating Lashon of the Rashi, what is Rebbe Kiva saying? Vitova Verevach Hilanu. Right, that we is saying, we're so lucky. It's like, right, that we are given this dispensation that our hands do not become tame when we're dealing with the mikdash because if our hands were tame, that would really be a drag. It would be very difficult to perform the Avodos mikdash if we had to worry about all different degrees of Tumah all the time coming in from different sources. Now, the Gemara is going to discuss, well, what do you mean? Uh, it's a good thing that we don't have this gazera. Maybe we do, so let's see. First of all, the Gemara says, on your testament days, first word, the name of Tomas Wait a minute, why is your Kiva, uh, like, thanking Hashem, having like a Thanksgiving meal over here, over Lahabdil, over the fact that there's no Tomas Yidain? Maybe he should have also mentioned that there's no Tomas Kaelin. Why? Because after all, the Mishnah that we cited, right, that's not hassam over here, of uh, Kohanim, was in fact saying that not only are the hands clean, but also the knife is clean. Right? You this animal and it says the hands are clean, the knife is clean, the part where the needle was is tummy, but the hands and the knife are clean. So why, why is Rabbi Kiva waxing poetic about the fact that the hands are clean? Shouldn't he also be grateful for the fact that the knife is uh, not considered tummy? The man says I'm a Rabbi I'm uh, Somebody might have said, i Nishnu. Rabbi have Rav, or Rabbi Yudah, that the, uh, it's a historical thing. That when Rabbi Kiva was saying his statement, about the fact that he's thankful that the Yadaim can remain clean, that's when the Yadaim there had been already a gazera outside of the base of Mikdash, Metame Yadaimidorban from Tuma. However, the Gezerim, Atomic and Kalim, outside of the Mikdash, had not yet been enacted. And so therefore, it was a historical thing that the reason Rabbi Kiva was grateful that, that the, he was only grateful for the fact that the Yadaim were allowed to not become Tuma inside the base of Mikdash was because only Yadaim at that stage were User, outside of the base of Mikdash. And therefore, they were not, the, the Kalim weren't even User outside of the base of Mikdash. He had no reason for them to be, for him, for himself to be especially grateful that the Kalim were in fact allowed in the base of Mikdash. But, but Amar Rava, Rava is going to reject this. He said, well, historically, that's just incorrect. We know historically that the Tumah, Midar that was enacted on the Yadain, was in fact enacted, that was a Gezer that was enacted on the Kalim. And we know when these Gezeras were done. We don't have to guess because we know. Because we already learned it in masacha Shabbos, Tafiud, dalid. Which day was that? ditnan We learned in the Mishnah, in Zavim, that the following items are contaminated with, right, that are considered a shady Latumah, the and therefore, and therefore, truma can't, can't touch it, which is Hasefer right? So we already said that certain right the uh, scrolls, if they are in fact considered very holy, right? If they're part of the right of our seder of of uh, Tanakh, then they're Metame and hands that are not rinsed, and at yom we know is a sheni l'tumah in the sense that um and all these foods that were Metame Bimashkin. Oh, so all of these things are considered tummy. What was that day? What does it say in Masechah Shabbos? You'd give them and you'd that day was in the what? The famous attic of Hananiah bin Chizkiah ben Garon. Remember the attic? They all went into the attic. They realized that Beit Shammai was outnumbering Beis Hillel in a twist of fate that was unusual. Remember, we learned over there, they actually closed the doors. It got really hectic. And they quickly made 18 gazeros according to the Shittah of Beit Shammai. This is the famous 18 gazeros. And so... These Matimos Yadaim and Kalim are both included in those eighteen things there, so it's literally done on the same day. So now we say that can't be why Rabbi Kiva omitted the Kalim. It can't be because there was not yet Nigzar on the Kalim. Uh, put aside the issue concerning the Sakin. Why? Because even if it was holin, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be contaminated. We know that the chulin is contaminated even by shenibutuma. Why? Because what did the knife touch that it would have become tame? In other words, this knife would never become tame. Why? Because if you say that the, that the sakin touched the actual flesh of the animal where the, the tame needle was found, we know that food, and this, is what, this is why it's so good that we put in all the hard work to learn all the differently wounded. We learned yesterday that food is not metame Okay, and if you're gonna say that the uh, knife touched the actual tummy needle, the ha ain't clean atomically. So we know that it clean is not atomically either. So even if the even if the knife touched these um, the buzzer or the needle, the knife itself would have never been tame, and therefore Rabbi Kiva doesn't have to be grateful that it's tahar, because halakhically din, it's not it's not tame. He only has to be grateful for the adaim, which can become tame. Okay. So that is why Rabbi Akiva was only praising Hashem, so to speak, right? Thank goodness that the Adaim can not, be, uh, we're allowed to, for them to not be Tameh in the base there, so we could continue to do the avoda. And that is why he did not mention the knife. However, now the Gemara wants to know, having resolved that situation, the statement of Bikiva, we want to know, how do we know that this needle is Tameh? Like, well, we see a needle in a cow. So, we're Mehechitesi that it's Tameh, altogether. It so says the Gemara, the Gemara asks, It's only this needle now. Why do we think that it's Tameh? So, e name a Machat. So maybe you say, well, we see a needle, we have no idea where it's been. So, it's a Suffikh. So if you're going to say that we treat it like a tummy out of a Safek, that there was a statement, like a joint sort of statement, where one of them said the following, you find, right, so let's say you find a spit in your shalaim. So you find spit on the ground. Spittle, right? So that that that's really nuclear in the days of of the base of Miklash be when we were worrying about Tuman That could have come from Azalva or zova. You don't know who you don't know who, who, where that came from. And therefore that could be really me Saf, like nuclear. You gotta really avoid it how we know why Jerusalem is holy. Exactly. Jerusalem, however, is holy. Because why? Because you got a lot of people running around worried about Tumantara because they're about to go to the base of Mikdash. So people are dunking in Mikvas all the time and they're trying to keep Tatar, As we'll see, there's a Shuk Elyon and a Shuk tahton, Like the upper Mamila Mall, everybody was Tameh, right? Because they had to have sort of like a separation of, of, where, of traffic flow where we know, well, here's where the mostly Tameh people are. Here's where the mostly Tahar people are. You needed to really be very careful about those things. They even have Tameh and Tahar cafes, right? So people had to know, like, where, right? The Badatz was very busy. People had to know like what what they're what they're interacting with. So so again in your like you say, Garada is very old and people are worried. So if you see Spittle, you don't know where it's from, an unbelievable statement. That in, that, that if it's a suffix, if it's in Yerushalayim, then whether it's Spittle or you see just a random clea, you can assume that it's Tahor. Right? That's amazing. So, therefore, okay, what are we dealing with here? We have a needle, it's in the Yerushalayim. Why would we assume that it's tummy? Right? We said that we assumed that it was tummy. But we can't, because it's in Yerushalayim. So, if we found it on the ground, we would think that it's tar. So, here we found it in a cow. So, why would we think it's tummy? So, Gemara gives uh, some attempts to answer this. First attempt. Aunt Mildred was part of the head Kedisha. And she had, like, a brooch, like a pin. Okay? And she lost it. And she knew she lost it at some time that she was handling its main mace. She was tummy. She had its main mace on her. Okay? And then, sure enough, you check the animal, and you, hey, there's that Mildred Vosch. <laughs> you recognize it. You literally recognize the pin. So now you know that, that where that pin has been. That's why the needle is Tameh. It wasn't a suffix. It was actually a recognizable needle. That's one possibility as to why you thought the needle was Tameh. Another possibility, Rabbi Rabbi Yavin Amar, well, we said that if you find a random clue on the ground, or spittle on the ground, that, that if you find it in your shalim, you can assume that it's tar. However, in this particular case, you find it in the cow. Now, where does this cow's been? Well, the cow has been muzzled its entire time since it entered your shalim. So whatever it took in, whatever it ingested, had to have been ingested outside your shalim. Now, if you find the needle outside your shalim, and you have a suffix that, you have to assume it's tamay. Because people aren't careful about the tsuman outside your shalim. Alright. So now we're at the two 17 lines down. And we say the following. So that's that's where we know the Nino's tummy. So says the Gemara, that's the Gamar. Gufa. Rebelazar That's very concept of you have a suffix, spittle, or clee, you find it laying around your shalaim. They were not guys there, they assumed that it was Tahar. How so? So Rokin Tanina. Saliva, we learned already in uh, Mishnah. And Kalim Tanina. And so do Kalim. How so? As follows. Rokin tanina. in other words, the question here is why do Ralhazar Yoshi Hanina have to make this statement? If it was already found in the Mishnah, which Mishnah was it found for, in? As follows, Rukin Tanin Aditnan, because we learned in the Mishnah, you'll recognize this Mishnah from shkalim called Harukin The Mishnah says, "Vefirish, any spittle you find in your Shalim is tar." Chutz Shukha There it is. The Shukha elion upper mamila Amal, was filled with zavim. That was where they directed all the traffic of the Talmi people. Okay, so the Gemara answers, "Lo afa zav. Right? It was necessary. Even though it was established, then the question is, why do you have to teach you that the rokin of the upper mall is probably is probably tummy? We know that that's clearly the zav area, so that's why we needed the right the, the the following statement in addition to the Mishnah, right? That we had to tell you that the saliva is assumed tar, even though it was, it, we know that the zav passed through the area. That even if you found it, right, uh, in in an area where where it may have passed through that area, it, it was still going to be considered. Um, uh tahar. In other words, he's not there anymore, but when he pa- even though we know that he passed through that area, we're still going to consider it um Ta'hor. And with regards to Kalim, Kalim Tanino, we learned about Kelim also in the Mishnah. The Tan call Kalim and right? This is a Mishnah, the next Mishnah in Shalim, that any Kalim that you find Yishalayim on the path leading down to the base of Tevila, right? In other words, who's going down to the base of Tvila? People who are Tameh. So therefore, the Mishnah in Shkalim says that Tameim, those, right, any Kalam you find there, that's presumed Tameh. Had But that certainly implies that Kalim anywhere else in your Yishalayim are presumed to be Tahar. So therefore, why do we need to have, again, these Amarayim uh, teach us the Halacha, right? Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi why do we have to, to have them teach us Halachas that we learned in Ofen and Ishnayas in Shekhalim? So the Gemara says, well, tameh, well, according to what you're saying, that if you find a random plea in Yishalayim is Tahar, e'im a seifa derech aliyah taharim. Uh, so what's happening now is the Gemara is pointing out an internal contradiction between the two Mishnayas and Shkalim. That one makes it sound like only Derech Aliyah is Tahar and everything else is Tameh, right? Dafka, but Dafka, right? In other words, one makes it sound like Der Aliyah is Tahar and everything else is Tameh. The other makes it sound like Der Yerida is Tameh and everything else is Tahar. So everything else is it Tameh or is it Tahar? So he's saying no. The the part that says that the Derech Yerida is Tameh and everything else is Tahar, that's Dafka. The the second part that says the derech is tar, it's not meaning to say that everything else is tame. In other words, when we say that only the derech hereidah is tame, we believe the inference that the rest of your is going to be tar when we say that Derech Aliyah is Tahar that we don't mean to say that the rest of yishlaim is Tameh that's Lav davka. we simply mean to say that that's Tahar just like the rest of yishlaim is Tahar and the only reason we even say that only the Derech is Tahar is to is to exclude that the, from the idea that the that of that the tahara only to the Kalim found in the Nari alleyways next to the mikvah because those utensils are going to be considered tummy. In other words when we're saying that there Aliyah is Tahar, then we're just trying to exclude like the little tributaries right next to the mikvah where clearly tummy people are coming. but the rest of Usha is not excluded by that por- portion of the Mishnah and is assumed to be Tahar. okay so again, when we say that th- what we're basically saying is areas where Tameh people are frequenting clearly are tummy, so then of course we're going to treat that as tummy. but all the other areas that are Suffolk in Usshali will be treated as Tahar. So we'll pick up here tomorrow 12 lines up on the bottom on your test on the days. Bakhtia.